Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks is brought to you by two kinky poly babes on a mission to make sure you can be well-informed before diving into all things kink, dating, sex, and non-monogamy. We want to make sure this content can stay free and available for everyone who needs it. And with a little help from our listeners, we can do exactly that. Consider joining our Patreon for a monthly subscription where you can have access to our behind-the-scenes content, or you can make a small donation to our Ko-fi, where you can donate as little as $2 to make a huge difference. We greatly appreciate it. Welcome back to Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks. Oh my. I like the hair accent. I know. That was my plan. Mm. See, I ran out of things to do over audio, but now. You got the hair. At the video, I got the hair. Eventually, we'll just be like. But CJ, but CJ, I thought your hair was way longer. It looks so short there. Thank you so much. I actually wrapped it up like a little bun. And then I let it hang. That's so cute. This uh, is my go-to ponytail because I went running and I'm so glad you can't smell right now. Me. Thank you. I, can you smell me? You don't smell. I yes. smell. A lot. <laughs> I should really plan my runs to be not early in the day so I marinate. Or that it's in, you know, the day <clears throat> where you only share the office with the person who can't smell. Thank God. Which is great. So what are we talking about this week? You know what? We are going to talk about monogamy this week. You know? Yes. Also for our monogamous listeners, too. Information for you guys. And then just some... A lot of us have grown up in a society where monogamy is the cultural norm. So let's talk about it. And before the monogamy people click away thinking we're about to bash monogamy, we are not. No. We are not. We actually will have some good points about monogamy. Yes. Um, This is more just educating people so they know how monogamy came about. Yeah, the history. History of it. Mm-hmm. Um, some good ideas about how to evaluate monogamy. Some research. Some issues that we see with monogamy that we have personally experienced. Different types of monogamy. Different types of monogamy. Bet you didn't um, think that was a thing. Right. And then, honestly, you know, this truly came about, for, for me at least, because of my dating. Um, yeah. I've gone on so many dates with people who are just, like, hardcore, I'm monogamous. And then I start asking questions, and I'm like, uh, so my dude, mm, um, I hear you, mm. and I hear the words coming out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. And definitely monogamous has been said. And I hear, and there's M's there. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about what that, and what you're the not. rest of it is. Yeah. How many, how many times would you say you're having that conversation? Oh, so many. So many. So much. So many. Literally all the time, so I feel many. like. So that's why I want to talk about it. Let's just talk about what all that means. So Mm -hmm. I guess probably first let's start out with kind of the old school definition of what monogamy is. Yeah. How it all kind of started. Yeah. Let's Uh start there. So old school definition. It is a form of, and please y'all, it's been a long day, so let's We want forgiveness and understanding. Yes. Of perhaps not pronouncing things correctly. A form of dyadic relationship in which an individual has only one partner during their lifetime. During their lifetime. So for all of us non-monogamous, that seems like a real long time. Um, But that is the original intent of monogamy was Mm -hmm. one partner, one sexual partner, uh, virgin, married, all that good stuff. And if your partner dies early, you're just a widow forever. Yes. The updated version of that uh, that came about a little later was a little bit more inclusive of only one partner at any time. 
um, which is more serial monogamy, which we will talk about. Mm -hmm. And technically speaking, I think more people, probably 90% of the population, if they fall anywhere in monogamy, will be serial monogamy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're going to talk sure. about, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to, no spoilers. No spoilers. You wait. Not today. <laughs> so what's next? I think talking about the two main types of. Yeah, so essentially uh, we're all familiar with monogamy. We don't have to take that much time to beat that to death. But um, one thing that we found in our findings here is that there are actually two forms of monogamy. One of them is called radical monogamy and the other is reflexive monogamy. Now the difference between these two is that radical monogamy is when you have actually researched all of these relationship types, that you've truly vetted every single form of how relationships can come about, and then you've decided, you know what, after all of this, I've decided that monogamy is still the best for me. That's a radical monogamist. Now, for someone who is maybe more of a reflexive monogamist, that's someone who it's just you know, that's what you were taught, and so you just kind of accepted that as the main way to be in relationships, so you just fell into it, and now you are, you practice monogamy. And I would say probably, out of everyone who claims to be monogamous, I would say at least 90% are probably reflexive, mm -hmm. in my yeah. opinion. I've only ever met one person who was like, oh no, I was uh, polyamorous, and then I decided that I would rather be monogamous. Yeah. And I was and like, I've, oh. I've met a few people who kind of delved into monogamy and still chose it, mm -hmm. but it's definitely more of the rarity of like, this is just what I was raised in, mm -hmm. um, this is what I grew up in, this is what my family is, mm -hmm. it just is. Would you consider uh, people who were um, in like, so like for example, when I was married and then we had tried opening our relationship and then my partner decided to be monogamous again once we split up, mm -hmm. like, would you consider that like a radical monogamous or a reflexive monogamous Probably comment what you think below kind of radical ish because I don't know that he really ever truly delved into the nitty-gritty of unpacking culturally what he had been taught mm -hmm. and I can't say for sure because I'm not right. in his head That's but true. and it's been a while now it's been yeah lives, so but I mean know. like even amongst you I and some of our friends who are non monogamous um, like there was a solid probably year where we just had that hashtag echoes of monogamy past. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it took echoes of monogamy's past. Yeah, and it comes up every now and again, but we used that because things would happen and we weren't sure if it was us reacting to what we should be reacting to mm -hmm. or us reacting because it was culturally what we had been taught to react to. Exactly, which is a lot of like sitting with uncomfortable feelings of being like, like you're basically just like standing but stewing, but you're yeah. like, if you give me a second, I'll figure out if I really have a leg to stand on here. Yeah. <laughs> or and if I need to do something on my own. That was at least a year of us yeah, kind of bringing that to the group and going, is this legit or is this something I've been taught? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And unpacking that. Yeah. And sometimes it w was legit and sometimes it was, a lot of times it was just what we were taught. Yeah. And I would go, damn, okay. And basically that was just us asking each other questions. Yeah. You know? And being uncomfortable a lot. Yeah. Which, you know, happens. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Actually, mm -hmm. now I'm weirded out if I'm not uncomfortable on some level. So the last few years have been great. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they're the two radical versus reflexive, which I mm -hmm. love. That's something that's new. Yeah. I mean, um, I learned that through this research. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? 
Yeah. We'd been doing that, but we never had anything to call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just kind of was like, well, have you ever questioned it or not? Nah? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that, like, one radical versus uh, reflexive, like, you know, more people who are radical, practice radical monogamy are more happy with, you know, being monogamy. No, no, no. It's, that's, not, that's not talking about people who are pleased or displeased with it. That's just how you came into monogamy. Yes. So I want to talk about why do we hold on to monogamy so hard? Where did it come from? How do we as a monogamous society stack up to other societies? Mm -hmm. Just so you guys have kind of an idea about where we stand, where it came from. I'm big on knowing where you came from. It kind of also helps to know where you're going. Um, Why do I believe? And and I spent, I'm still spending time. I've spent a number of years unpacking why I believe what I believe mm-hmm. about everything from monogamy to love to relationships, friendships, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We spend a lot of time unpacking a lot. Yeah. And it gives you a better chance to take that 30,000 foot view we talk about a lot where it's like, you're not just in it and experiencing it. It feels like everything's on fire, but it's like, okay, take a minute to look at like how this is practiced culturally. How do other cultures practice it? You know, developed cultures, like others that are very similar to ours, others that might be a little different and what has been working for them on a yeah. human level. And I think, you know, not to be all hippy-dippy or get sappy for a moment, but I'm big on having a say in my life. And I think part of that say is truly choosing what I want to practice and not practice and mm-hmm. be a part of. Be like in, living with intention. Living with intention. Why am I living it? Does it serve me? Does it not serve me? And if it doesn't serve me, setting it down and finding something that does serve me. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I find a lot... A lot of people are doing things that don't serve them, but they're doing it because it's what's comfortable and what they know. Yeah, what is it that we'll say is like you're, it's the, it's the discomfort that you know Yeah. versus like the unknown. Yeah, a lot of people are more comfortable with the known discomfort than the unknown comfort. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how we stack up against other cultures because this was pretty interesting for me. Yeah. I didn't actually know we kind of stacked up kind of so skewed yeah. to other cultures. Yeah. So... If you break down other cultures, um, there are, and this they're they're speaking to men, but we're just going to kind of universally say extramarital sex by people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is universal for people to have extramarital sex in six cultures. It is moderately um, happening in twenty nine cultures. It's occasional in six and uncommon in ten. So the majority is moderate, which was surprising. Yeah. Even because I feel like That's our culture. That's expected. Yeah, our culture is so monogamy focused. Oh, yeah. I really thought there would be I more. I definitely still at times feel like a social pariah. Oh, for sure. Just being like. I mean, I was, I haven't even told you this, but last night even. Like. I, I well, and I also feel like. I guess I'm almost dipping into, well, I've got like single privilege a little bit because I don't ever have to, you know, explain. Like, like it's more me putting in an effort to be like, no, if I got into it, if I met somebody, I would still be doing this. Yeah. You're not going to make me monogamous. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting and it kind of gives you a perspective on how much culture does play into this mm-hmm. and how much culture does write that narrative for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're probably thinking, well, what do you mean by culture? Well... It goes like kind of hand in hand with everything where you are going to see it. Anything from like the books that we read as kids, mm-hmm. the movies we see as kids. Um, if you think about most movies, it's mostly a princess trying to get a prince. Yeah. Who needs to be saved and wants to be just with him. Um, and I would say that like even though we're seeing that in media, it almost 
I mean, it's like a loud message, but it's a little covert because these movies aren't saying like, and then this singular one princess found this singular one prince as it should be. as Like, no one's explicitly saying it, but it's like, oh, every happy ending just has a monogamous couple. Yeah. You know? And every happy relationship is destroyed by an extra person yeah. or something like that or having to choose between two partners and being torn you know it's that's like, a lot of teen drama is mm -hmm. that triangle that we see where yeah. it's like oh she had to choose between you know edward and jacob jake thank you You're jacob welcome. um so there's always that like oh angst of like i must choose right for the drama for the drama yeah for, for the views. For the views. So, you know, it starts at a pretty young age. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not even getting into the religious aspect of it, what we're right. taught via religion, which is mostly Christian-based here. Yeah. Largely. Largely Christian-based. Mm -hmm. um, and what's interesting is Christianity definitely does have an agenda in this. Culture has an agenda, too. It, You know, uh, one of my favorite documentaries that I think you watched as well is Monogamish. Yes. Yes. Um, and it talks about... How monogamy is very much a newer form of relationship structure mm -hmm. where previous to this form it mostly was done out of trying to keep wealth and families mm -hmm. um, it was mostly done out of like a social structure and it was pretty common for people to have extramarital affair you know, not even affairs they were long-standing relationships mm -hmm. um, and a lot well, of that and it's changed. interesting that because like I also wonder how many like you know um, homosexual relationships or non-hetero relationships were happening that just weren't even counted you know um, and I wonder if like how maybe some people who weren't monogamous back in those days were technically like quote unquote getting away with it just by like having I think I mean and especially see it in Greek and Roman you know you'll, you'll see that uh, definitely being depicted I think even Egyptian if I'm not incorrect in that um, a lot more acceptance of same-sex relationships mm -hmm. that were just common. Yes. So, you know, it, it definitely started out very differently um, and has, it's a more recent um, kind of relationship structure to be completely monogamous. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, yes. Monogamish is a great, I think it's a really cool documentary to watch. Yeah. Uh, we watched it very um, early. Very early. Jay and I, when we were talking about opening up our relationship, watched it. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's it's been used, marriage in a lot of ways for m hundreds of years has been used to protect wealth and power, which is why a lot of times in wealthy families, the aristocratic, the elite, the kings, queens, they all married within families. Like cousin marriage, super common. Mm -hmm. And then was that just so like none of the wealth left the family, Correct. especially in familial ones? Mm -hmm. And in a situation where you are marrying outside of the family, it's like, well, at least you're just doing it to this one yeah, typically women would be married off to, um, because women could not hold seats of power like they can now. Mm -hmm. So women were often married off to other wealthy and or, um, you know, high political power figures. Mm -hmm. um, that's That was super, arranged marriages were super, super common. Not married for love. My love, this whole marriage for love thing is very new. Yeah, I, I mean, and I think that's actually something we even know uh, that's happening internationally, too, is that there are still some cultures that do mm -hmm. practice uh, um, arranged marriage. Yeah, there's actually a few that are now playing pretty successfully on Netflix. Yeah, and I had, uh, I don't know if you had ever uh, talked to somebody who is from a culture that arranges marriages mm -hmm. still, but like the, they're very like, oh, yeah, but it's like, you know, as opposed to marrying for love, you are marrying for like, no, our our goal is to, now we're gonna have kids and that we're gonna start a family yep. and this is what, so there, there's like this level of being on the same page while even though like love isn't present, like sometimes love does develop. Yeah. 
And that's, you know, I'm all about if that's what you choose and that works for you, as long mm -hmm. as you are informed and consenting, cool. Yeah, as long as you're doing that radically. <laughs> so, you know, that's just kind of the, the short backstory to monogamy. Yeah. Um, there's so much more to it, and it's actually very interesting. Yeah. Um, it's not bashing monogamy, it's just kind of knowing where it started and, and what it came from. Mm -hmm. um, anything I missed? Um, I don't think so. Uh, we talked about how women were seen as property and how, oh, how it was like connected to capitalism. Yeah. So, you know, what's interesting in doing some of this research, and this does make sense. So women, and I can say this because this was actually told to me by an attorney at a, a closing recently, mm -hmm. um, women until the late 1800s were actually just viewed as property. Yeah. Um, could not be on deeds and mortgages for homes. Mm -hmm. That's a more recent development. Thanks. Um, so it, it kind of goes back to this whole idea of owning something, um, which is kind of a capitalistic, you know, material-driven society. Yeah. And that kind of makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, this is my property. Yeah. Um, but what this person was talking about is that the newer form of relationships is kind of recognizing that we can't own someone's heart and soul and feelings as much as Aww. we'd like to sometimes. I really yeah. like that. So it's as it's much just, as we'd like to. May I please own your soul? Thanks. <laughs> Let me know. Buy it on real. eBay. Bye. <laughs> if if I can't own your soul, then I don't want it. Sorry. Um, you know, I think part of if we want to talk about some of what we hear about why people think they have to be monogamous. Mm -hmm. I know for me, a lot of times when I'm on dates. Something that I hear super commonly is, well, if I want a family or if I want to have kids, I have to be monogamous. Mm -hmm. And that's really interesting. That's a super interesting concept for me. Yeah. And I wonder if it comes from like the only real evidence we have of like multiple parents in a situation of childcare is like divorced parents. Well, and I definitely think that's what we see more now. I think it's just interesting for me because we as humans mm -hmm. started as a very tribal mm -hmm. community villages villages small. and most of them you know even before villages like you know and you actually you can see some of these tribal communities still in third world countries mm -hmm. um there isn't monogamy everyone is together it's a collective whole of raising the children together mm -hmm. getting food together resources together um it's for survival you know, there is not this construct of like, I can only sleep with that one. Yeah. Period. And what I love about that image is it's so like, it, it's a, a makes sense situation where it's like, okay, I need help and here's a person who can help, you mm -hmm. know? So that's what I probably hear the most when I'm dating for me is mm -hmm. like, I want to have a family, I want to have kids. And then all, like all across the board, my family and friends won't accept it. Yeah. On the one of being monogamous for having a family, I think it's also the idea of like how many, how much more you're limiting yourself to partners because you'd have to find someone who is non-monogamous if that's what you wanted to do. Like mm -hmm. having children with another person who's non-monogamous. Like as somebody who's just looking to date other non-monogamous people, it's like barren. Yeah, and well, what's interesting though is there is starting to be this like I've seen memes and a lot of like joking, but it's kind of like serious joking where people are recognizing that collectively together, like your buying power and your financial resources and all of that and your time is more. It was, I, I think I had seen it like a meme that was like, you know, people are being polyamorous just because of how much it takes to pay for rent. Yeah, truly. Like even here where we live, rent's insane. Yeah. Yes. I mean, 
I can't, I wouldn't be able to afford to rent. My mortgage is cheaper than I would ever be able to afford for the rent on the same place. Oh yeah. The oh, rent would yeah. be a thousand dollars more a month at mm -hmm. least. Minimum. Minimum. For sure. So I think it's also interesting as everything's getting more expensive, we're starting to see people kind of almost kind of go like, well, we could group up, even if it's not a romantic polyamory mm -hmm. situation. Yeah, I mean, for a really long time while I was even married, we were married living with a roommate. Yeah. For financial reasons as well. Yeah. So that, you know, I, I don't know how that's going to play out, if that's going to drive some of it, but... I hope it does. I think we need some sort of catalyst to normalize alternative relationship styles, mm -hmm. you know, and if it's going to be economical, fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, what have you kind of heard when people are saying that they can't be monogamous or... Well, or can't be non-monogamous, sorry. Yeah, m mostly the ones that you said. Well, I, so I haven't heard much on the family building side, but it is very like, well, what are my fam what's my family going to say? And then it also becomes about the limit of partners. Like I was talking to uh, The Scoop, and uh, he was saying that he doesn't put that he's poly on his dating apps because then, you know, he'll get less matches. And I'm like, cool. Don't like that. Cool. I don't like that. that sounds great. Well, and I think that's, you know, just more normalizing what's already happening. Yeah, I would say that a lot of our uh, friends who are guys who are also poly, damn, these women will, like, come after them. Yeah, they will. Just like... <laughs> yeah. You Wow, you really think you're out here changing lives, huh? About yeah. to find a man who's, like, brave enough to call himself non-monogamous, and then you're going to be all like... Like, if it doesn't work for you, move on. I've only ever had a couple guys, like, go after me. Um like truly go after me mm -hmm. and be like, oh, you're still cheating. You're just trying Ooh. to cheat on him. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I had I had a guy, I think he was trying to still be flirting with me. And he was like, ooh, so you're someone who needs more than just one man, huh? And I was like, is this a, are you, are you, are you still flirting? What are we doing? That's not like. I don't know what to do with my hand. I, 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 I'm like, uh, there's. <laughs> There's just something so toxic about what you just said, winky emoji. <laughs> how do I do it? I don't know. I don't know how to flirt by. And I think there is definitely also like the religious aspect. Because um, I, you know, before I was completely open with my who I am and kind of doing this so everyone mm -hmm. can see it. Um, I was a little bit more hidden and mm -hmm. found that a lot of people try to stay hidden for fear of like being seen by their church members or their PTA groups or whatever, yeah, like... People at their jobs or neighbors. Yeah, it, it's interesting. Yeah, um, I mean, when something isn't super socially normal or, you know, accepted that widely, then yeah, it is like you are having to put yourself on the defense a lot of the times. But I feel like that's just a story a lot of people tell themselves. What I have found that's has been true. quite the opposite that yeah. it's way more normal than people understand. I would say that it, there is a majority of it that is a built up fear. Yeah. Of like, oh, well, and then they're going to make me defend my blah, blah, blah. And a lot of times people are just so focused on themselves that they really don't care. Or they've been in a relationship long enough and they're going, that makes sense. That actually was most of my responses. <laughs> like, that. people that have been in long term relationships went, it's not for me, but I get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like I see that. I had one person, a friend of mine, who when I first told them I was uh, polyamorous was like, I can never. I just want one partner. I just want to be all their attention. And then like very, very recently was just like, hey, you know, hey, you know, I can kind of understand why you want to be in an open relationship. And I was like, oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. 
So I think uh, one thing I also wanted to say was, uh, yeah, no, no, I don't. Actually, I'm going to cut that audio right out, too. No, we're not. We're going to keep it. Yeah, on the podcast. (laughs) And YouTube. Okay, yeah. Just check the video. So, I, you know, this is going to be the part where I'm probably going to lose all the monogamous. That's okay. Um, stick with me, and I will, if you stick with me, I promise this is not a monogamy bash. So I do remember it before we go on, and I'm go. so sorry. I just want to, I want to you can't be, cut it out. I know. Okay. Yep, and I will. Um, not. Uh, I think that we also worry about, um, we want to stay monogamous for, like, self-worth issues. Uh, yeah. As in, like, if I could at least find just one person to love me, I will keep them forever. That's That was it. Yeah. That was my thought. And it kept running away from me every time I kept trying to say it. And fear issues. Yeah. Fear of being alone, fear of abandonment. Yes. All of that. Yeah. Yes. I agree with that. That was just the last thing I wanted to add before we moved on to it. Now, may you please tell me about why we are, uh, what, what was the thing you were going to say? So, what's interesting is that once you start unpacking all of this mm-hmm. and looking at data and looking at the stats... Um, you actually kind of find most people really aren't monogamous. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found that most people, when I start questioning them on their past relationships or why they didn't work or why your marriage just broke up or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, usually five or six questions and I'm going, you're not monogamous. No. Mm-mm. And it's not a judgment. It just is, these are the facts you're giving. Mm-hmm. These are where it fits and it's mm-hmm. not monogamy. Yeah. Um, Do we have some examples? So, you know, I think one of the biggest things, obviously monogamy is supposed to be with one person at a time. Um, One of the stats that I found about infidelity, so as a whole, if you take everyone who's been in a marriage um, or I would say a long-term relationship akin to a marriage, Mm -hmm. um, they found that 70% of those people will have infidelity or cheat at some point in their life. Oof, at all? What do you mean? As in, like, they will not not just people will do it multiple times, but just like even period, general, just period. Yeah. They will have infidelity or cheat at least once. Dang. Um, I'm gonna say they're probably gonna do it more than once, but I think especially if we use, I mean, there's multiple versions of what you know couples consider infidelity. Yeah. You know, emotional, physical. Yeah. There's Liking so pictures many pictures on Instagram. Yep. So, you know, and you're probably going, and eh, that's not that high. It's it's not that high. I promise you, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually wouldn't be shocked if it's a little higher. Yeah. 75 to 80. Yeah. Um, I mean, you think about people being surveyed, you know, who's going to like openly admit like, yes, I am in a very committed, loving relationship. Um, I didn't uh, No, I've never, never. <laughs> never in my life. Why would I? So I, I feel like it's hard to even get accurate data on that. Yeah. Most studies put it somewhere between 20 and 25 percent. Um, but this study specifically said it's closer to 70 and I... You know, there are also a lot of thought leaders who talk about monogamy and non-monogamy and, uh, and agree with that. Mm-hmm. It's probably closer to 75, if not higher, mm-hmm. um, which honestly kind of goes in line with the divorce rate. The divorce rate's 50% yeah. or more. Yes. Yeah. So. Which I think immediately is telling us that like we are, like if that the divorce rate is that high, we have to look at the fact that we're probably not wired to just like be in one relationship, relationship yeah. at a time. Um, or at least 50% of people who get married were not wired. Yeah, and it's, you know, what's interesting is one of my friends, I had a close friend in the past, and she explained it really well, and I use this example a lot. She said, you know, it's so unfortunate that we are taught we should have one relationship forever mm-hmm. because that's what we all go under, and we're not all meant to go under that. She yeah. said, imagine how different it would be if we were taught growing up 
that you will have four relationships. You'll have one when you're 20, you'll have one when you're 35, one when you're 55, and one when you're 65. And those are your four seasons. And that would just be normal. You wouldn't have all this hurt and hatred, you wouldn't have all this drama. And she's not wrong, a lot of people do get married two to three times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they do have different seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's where I think, um, you know, kind of to start where, where we're seeing it is that. Mm-hmm. Um, a prime example is I went on a date with a guy who said that he held true that he was monogamy. He wanted monogamy. He's all about monogamy. He wanted to, he wanted to raise his kids with a family, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Started asking questions. Turns out that he had cheated on pretty much everyone he ever dated. He didn't consider it unfaithful until they were married. Love that. And I'm just sitting there going, my dude, you're not monogamy. Like, the, you're not, you're not monogamous. So, you know, it's a lot of those conversations where you start just seeing inconsistencies in people's behaviors and start Mm -hmm. pointing out, well, you're really, and I didn't do it in a confrontational way, but I just kind of said to him, like, hey, it really seems like you're trying to fit yourself in this box. Yeah. And by doing that, you're causing a lot of pain and hurt, not only to yourself, but to so many people, including your kids that you say you're trying to protect. Yeah, I mean, it does, like, I, I feel like a lot of times when we're having that conversation, too, we're just coming from a place of being like, hey, I don't think you know it's an option to just, you don't have to just be monogamous. You can do, you can do this a little bit differently. In a way that, like, and I think that can result in you living a better version of your life just because you're not, like, having to feel like, oh, I can never stay committed to just one person, and oh, I'm just so, like, you know, you start mm-hmm. to make these opinions about yourself and who you are and how you show up in relationships when, you know, the reality is you could probably be, like, you know, your best version of yourself if you just kind of leaned into, like, what type of relationship dynamic works best for you and who you are naturally. And a lot less hurt. Yeah. Way less hurt. It sucks to be, like, you know, I I mean, I would imagine being a person who is monogamous, who feels like you're finding and connecting with somebody and you want to do this long term just to find out that they didn't feel okay being honest about the fact that they wanted to be open and continue having other partners. Like, that sucks. Yeah. Um, There's also, so this might be a little controversial, but serial monogamy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what most people probably practice now, Mm -hmm. which means you're in one relationship with one person at a time, but you have back-to-back relationships. Mm -hmm. So you're in one, then you're out, then you're in one, then you're out, like... Yeah. It seemed like there was a specific attention to that detail of, like, you have very little downtime between relationships. Yeah. Less downtime. um, You tend to just jump, you know, to relationship to relationship. You didn't get all your burps out. I thought I did. Um, so in my opinion, most serial monogamous aren't monogamous. They are mostly just because of how many partners you end up going through or? Yeah. You, you've basically, in order to achieve non-monogamy, you've just put monogamy into a box that works for you. I think, I, yeah, I think in order to achieve monogamy, you've put non-monogamy in a box that works for you. You mean, right? Sure. That too. Yes. Essentially, you're just forming it so you're not cheating. 
Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. like, oh, I'm not going to cheat, so I'm going to break up with them, and I'm going to do the next person. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want to, but I'm going to do the next person. Yeah. And then what also sucks is if, like, if you're in a situation where you don't realize that non-monogamy is an option, and then you are doing serial monogamy, and you're just, like, jumping from relationship to relationship, you're not really considering the effect that that has on yourself and on the people who you're engaging with either, yeah. I think. And then I feel like I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you're really in those relationships. Like I think you it can it. be, but I just, you know. Maybe you can't be. Are no, you getting out of it what you should? Or are you, you know. Yeah. And also, I think the big thing is when you're jumping from relationship to relationship, and typically it's fast, mm-hmm. are you really even reflecting on what happened? Are you learning from it? Are you growing from it? Yeah. Are you getting to the next one for the right reasons? Are you doing it, you know, serial relationships tend to be because you don't want to be alone. You're afraid right. of being alone. You don't want to be bored. You don't yeah. want to, you know, be abandoned. Um which, you know, these shouldn't be your emotional support humans. Yeah, and I would say that if you're a person who's attracted to this type of content, you're probably also a person who is more introspective and looking to kind of like, you know, okay, let's work on these types of things. And I think that, I mean, in my best case scenario for non-monogamy, that is a huge part of it, is like working on yourself and making sure you're your best possible self for your partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, for and yourself. For yourself. For yourself, and, but then also which bleeds over into your partners. Yeah, I've always been big on whoever I'm with, I want to want you, not need you. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's always been a huge thing of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I say this even to my partner now, like mm-hmm. I want to want you, I don't want to need you. Mm-hmm. Which means I can also want to choose you. Yeah, yeah. I'm I mean, not afraid it's of like being alone. I have, I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I've mm-hmm. been in enough therapy to, I'm, I'll be fine if I'm alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I good. Yeah. That's true. I do want to say, though, it is okay to need people socially. Yes. You know? Um, I think the distinction here is this idea of, like, when you're, oh, well, you, you know, you're in a relationship. You're like, oh, well, you can't do this, this, and this, because that makes me feel a certain way, and I need you to perform like this so I feel good. Like, talking about needs in that way. Yeah. Like, no, I make myself feel good, and I want you to be part of my life. Like, that's the difference. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, you know, big thing is just don't don't hear us knocking monogamy. I'm actually a supportive of monogamy if people understand what it means and what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just big on people making a informed, informed decision. decision with their... Yes. Intentionally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I definitely... Like, it's okay if you hear all this and you still say, like, yeah, you know. Yeah. I would love to know that some of our listeners are I want the big M. Is that an M? M. I was never a cheerleader, obviously. <laughs> yes. Um, I want the. Oh, if you do it with your arms. Oh, your M is bigger than I am. Size doesn't matter. That's not, yeah. It's about the motion of the ocean. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just. There's a lot of resources out there. Um, you know, Monogamish, the documentary you can find mm-hmm. on Amazon. Esther Pearl has some good stuff. Yeah, check out her TED um, Talks. The book of the ethical slut is really good if mm-hmm. you're interested in non-monogamy. Um, but also just, you know, kind of dive in and start researching what monogamy and where it came from is a cool thing. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot, again, just by doing that yeah, for this agreed. podcast. And uh, just to be sure, just as a final note, reinforcing there are there are forms of healthy monogamy. Um, there are, it is totally valid if you're a person or a couple that chooses monogamy. It works for you great. Um, so once again, not shitting on monogamy. No. Just shitting on uninformed monogamy. Yes. 
And, and the same <laughs> right that I shit on people who go into non-monogamy uninformed. Yeah. I, I feel like that's that every drives episode me up a wall. that came before this. Yeah. That literally <laughs> drives me up a wall. Yeah. Like, yes. give us such a bad name. I want to say, if you think we're not bothered by that, you're wrong because you're watching this oh, it's and my, listening to this because I, we're mad about it's it. It's literally my biggest pet peeve. More so people who are in monogamy. Like, I, I cannot stand it when people get into non-monogamy without research and understanding way more than this. <laughs> so much more. <laughs> yeah. So, definitely. no, definitely not shitting on it. Just want people to have an idea of what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so now, final question before Go. we wrap this up. Mm-hmm. How much money would it take to make you be monogamous again? Ugh. Any number? I don't think I a billion. I billion. I you can't even make that much money in your lifetime. A billion? I don't think I could. A billion, and they end world hunger. Well, that. Oh, now I'm killing children. <laughs> Just saying that non-monogamy kills children. Whatever. This has been. No, I mean, I if I absolutely had to under the threat of death or something, maybe. But That's hilarious. I, You're like, I mean, I guess if somebody threatened to kill me. Yeah, but I honestly, I don't know if I could go back. Nice. Yeah, I tried. Yeah. I tried for five years. That was the longest I've ever been monogamous. Nice. Nice. Have a marker like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I only had, a, you know, my one significant monogamous relationship, so technically... That's only one sample. Yeah. Was it 10 years of my life? Maybe, but it's still one sample. <laughs> Details. <laughs> I think it's only a third of my life. It's fine. But no, probably always going to be mono- non-monogamous. Oops, you almost said <laughs> Probably always going to be monogamous. You heard it here. Just kidding. Yeah. So, yeah. Good? Yes. Thank you guys for joining us. Have a great day. And as always. And. Thanks for watching. Goodbye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like to imagine that it's just like me and the Velociraptor laughing at my own jokes for like. <laughs> do we want to do. Okay. Uh, yes. Credits.